0: What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kelechi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing out there? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are avoiding all the Trump rallies that are going on in this world because one man decided to act like a little baby and he incited a whole protest thing that shouldn't even have happened. But anyway... We gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about that later on in the show but the point is i hope y'all are staying safe i hope y'all are coronavirus free i hope y'all are washing your hands wearing your masks Staying at home, taking care of your friends and family, giving them hugs, telling them you love them because we in a brand new spanking year and we gonna celebrate the good things that will happen for us this year. I know 2020 was not the year that we wanted it to be, but thank God that all of us are here. And I pray, I pray for each and every single one of y'all that are hearing my voice that this year will be the best one yet for each and every single one of us. But let's begin the second ever episode of the Rambling Mind podcast in the year 2021. Once again, I just want to say thank you to each and every single person for your continued support with this podcast. I cannot believe that this is the third year that we're doing the podcast. Well, Technically, it's two and a half years because I started this thing, I think, August of 2019. But regardless, we're not counting all of that. It's the third year that we're doing this podcast. I got something to ask y'all. I'm thinking of a slight name change going from rambling mind to something else. Because when we initially started the podcast, that was the whole point. It was talk about anything and everything. So it was the ramblings of my mind. I still ramble. I mean, this whole intro part is a bunch of ramblers. I still ramble, but I'm thinking about changing it to be more focused around the topic of personal finance, investing, business news, and those kind of things. So if you guys have any idea, if you think I should keep it the same way because of brand loyalty. And all those kind of things. I'm 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 open to suggestions. Hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on my email, or hit me up on Instagram. All those links, as always, will be in the show notes. You can also check out the website if you want, if you have any questions for me, other than the one that I asked y'all. So if you have any questions like, hey, I need some help with my personal finances, I have this thing, that thing, and we can work through it or something like that. Again, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm just a random dude on the internet who loves talking about personal finance and investing. And so if I can help you, I will definitely help in any way. And that's another thing. I'm thinking about starting a new segment or a new episode series on the podcast where I literally talk with one of y'all and go through step-by-step how, if you have questions on personal finance, and it just be kind of like a... You know when people call into radio shows and they just talk through like, hey, I have this question. What do you think I should do? I'll give you the best advice that I know, but I'm going to say it again. Not a personal advisor, and I don't know all these things. I know some things, and I can help you in the best ways that I've learned in my 26 years to be able to help. Remember, share this podcast with anybody who you think might benefit from the things that we talk about. Remember, every Tuesday, we talk about personal finance and investing. And then every Thursday, we talk about the business world. We talk about the news and how the things in the business world affect the dollars in your pockets. If you are wondering where I get most of my news from that we're going to talk about today, I get it from basically two places. One, it's called the Morning Brew Newsletter, which I also have a link to that in my link tree in the show notes. And also I get it from the new paper. Basically, it's a corrugated collection of news articles. I also get it from Axios as well, of newsletters that you can just quickly get a glance of what happened in the world the day before, sometimes the evening of that day. So, you know, it's a good way for me to get all this information quickly and be able to bring it bring it to y'all but of course if y'all don't want to go out there and search all that stuff that's what i'm here for every thursday you're gonna be hearing my voice talking about the latest news and the latest nonsense that are about to be ex-president has been doing but anyway let's get right into the news for the day First, before we push forward, it's always a good thing to sit down and reflect at what has happened in the past. And so we're going to do exactly that. And we're going to start with looking back at the markets of 2020, which was one of the craziest markets that we have ever seen. We've seen the fastest decline with the markets going down more than 30% and recovering more than 40% all in the same year, which is just crazy to see. It has never happened before. But we're going to start with Bitcoin. Which, by the way, stay tuned, I'm going to have a guest that's going to discuss Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and all that stuff because you know I don't really like talking about cryptocurrency. I don't really like talking about Bitcoin because it's outside of my circle of competency. I don't understand it and to a degree, I still find it very speculative. So maybe he'll be able to give us some insight onto what exactly it is and how it goes and all that good stuff. But in this episode... We're just going to talk about Bitcoin and all the things that it's been doing, because unlike the Clippers, Bitcoin keeps proving the doubters wrong. It has established itself as a key cog in the investment world and as a possible store of wealth to escape inflation. Remember, when we invest, one of the things that we're trying to run away from when we invest is the fact that inflation is just nipping away at our dollars in the long run. Inflation, which is about 2% every single year, just nips away at our dollars. And over time, our dollars are just worth less. And so people look for ways to store their money. People look for ways to beat inflation. So people go to gold, people go to silver. And now Bitcoin has become a 20th 21st century version of gold essentially bitcoin started 2020 being worth about $10,000 per coin by the end of the year it is it was worth over $33,000 per coin that was an over 300% increase plus with companies like Square and PayPal deciding to accept Bitcoin it began to legitimize the platform it also just got major 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 boost by the fact that other institutions like major institutions investment institutions like Fidelity JP Morgan and Mass Mutual are starting to publicly contemplate and actually move money into bitcoin and so that is telling you just how big bitcoin has become it's no longer i see i I, like i said to people bitcoin is like digital gold in a in a in a sense but at the same time i still don't see it as gold because i also don't like investing in gold so that's why i don't like bitcoin either but we go from bitcoin to the stock market which, as I said before, even with all the destruction that's going on outside in the world, even today, with all the stuff that's happening with everybody trying to break into Capitol Hill and do whatever it is that it is that they're trying to do over there, stocks just don't care, and they just keep going up to higher and higher and higher heights. The markets was basically the ultimate form of a roller coaster that we have ever seen, basically with its ups and downs, with its twists and turns, with its leveling out and all those things that is done it just made no sense what was happening last year it was almost like watching the mandalorian and watching mando getting his rocket and the way that he just took off into life speed is basically the same thing that's happening in the stock market we have never had a recovery and decline be this fast in the history of the market so yeah 2020 like everything else was not a typical year The NASDAQ, which was ended up being like the darling of investors because of all the tech stocks in it, finished the year up up 44%. The S&P 500 finished the year up 17% and the Dow Jones finished the year up 8%. Remember, all of these took major plunges in March and they all finished positive, not just positive, majorly positive at the end of the year. Remember we always talk about if you get a 10% return on your investment you've had a good year you get you have a good year. But yeah, it, it's to, to see the S&P 500 go to 17% and the Nasdaq at 44%, the Dow Jones just creeping in at 8% is not something you expected to see with the year, the way the year started out. So the question everybody asks is so how exactly did all of this happen? And I have two words One man and one very powerful printing machine, Jerome Powell and his money making printer. The US took on an additional $5 trillion in debt to ensure that they propped up the markets and made borrowing as easy as possible as they reduced interest rates to 0% to ensure that businesses wouldn't lose all their money or wouldn't go bankrupt, which a lot of small businesses still went bankrupt. There were other reasons that the markets recovered that quickly as well, big tech companies of course, when we're not going anywhere and of course all their stuff is online, think of companies like Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon, Netflix, Facebook, all those companies are online and we also saw major spikes in companies like Square and PayPal and Etsy and those kind of companies that are basically online only played a major role as to why we saw the explosions that we do and then on top of it we also have to look at people working from home got a little bit more interested in investing because they had nothing else to do they weren't going anywhere and so they started investing on platforms like robinhood and this is a crazy stat to think about 20 percent of market activities last year was by retail investors aka you and i now to put that into perspective Institutional investors use computer algorithms to run a lot of their trades at fractions of a second, which is why people say if you try to beat institutional investors, in other words, if you're trying to day trade and do all those kind of things, usually you're going to come up at a loss because they're able to make trades extremely fast. But now think about 20% of all activity in the market last year was done by people like you and I who were just sitting in front of a computer and actually making trades on their own. That is crazy to think about. That just shows you just how much people were in the markets last year. But then with all of that being said, another question arises. With how quickly the markets are at least the stock market and the cryptocurrency market and the real estate market recovered, but on the other side, when we look at the actual economy, we still have uh, unemployment rates being in that six percent, six to eight percent range. The question arises: Are we in a bubble? We've also seen a massive rise in SPAC companies, which have gone public. And also we're seeing a massive explosions in IPOs. I mean, we talked about a numerous number of them. Unity, Snowflake, DoorDash, Airbnb, and so on and so forth that had massive explosions on the days that they IPO'd. And really, most of these companies didn't have any kind of fundamentals to support it. Plus, we're seeing more margin. By the way, margin just means you're borrowing money to invest in the stock market. We're seeing more margin being used to invest by retail investors than ever before. So with all of these factors, it is very easy to think and to believe that we are in a stock market bubble. And at some point, the parties got to stop. The bubbles are going to start popping and people are going to be very upset. However, we have to look back at the fled the fed not the fledge the fed and its pledge to support the markets and keep rates as low as possible making investors have no other place to put their money except at risk and into equity things i don't i didn't know a better word to use for that and into equity in other words into stocks into real estate and those kind of things plus we also have the vaccine with about with over 4 million people being vaccinated now of course that's way behind schedule because we're supposed to have already vaccinated 20 million people at this point in time so maybe we are in a bubble or maybe we aren't in a bubble nobody truly knows but the one thing that i want you guys to take from this is do not stop investing just because you believe that the market might pop at some point in time dollar cost average into your favorite etf into your index fund and make sure you're always investing. Make sure you're always investing. And also, let me know. What do you think? Do you think that we are in a stock market bubble? Or do you think that this is something that we can correct? Or something that is just, we're just looking at it too deep? Let me know. Hit me up on all the social medias for whichever way that you want to reach out to me. Now, as much as I don't want to talk about this topic, but I've already hinted at it at the beginning of this episode anyway, because it's heavy on my mind and I've been watching it on TV a little bit. We got to talk about politics, guys. We got to talk about it because we can't talk about the business world without politics. Usually, if people say don't talk about politics, you only talk about politics with your closest friends and family. But you guys, you guys fall into that category a little bit because I know y'all at this point. I believe y'all to be open-minded individuals who won't throw a tantrum just because you didn't get your way, who won't act like a five-year-old like our soon-to-be ex-president has acted like just because you didn't get what you wanted. I believe you all to be more open-minded than that. So we got to talk about the elections that just happened. You might be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, elections ended months ago, ended back in November, right? Ah, well, we had one more election that we had to have because Georgia couldn't make its mind up back in November. And so we had the runoff elections that just concluded today. And today being yesterday when y'all are listening to this, because at the point of me making this podcast, it's Wednesday. So you know what? Forget it. We're going to keep it moving. And everyone in Georgia is excited because they are so tired of getting those text messages talking about vote for this candidate or vote for that candidate or don't forget to cast your ballot. They're like, thank God this whole thing's over. We're not getting any more of those phone calls. We're not seeing any more of those stupid ads. We're not seeing any more of those vulture ass off off and all that nonsense. We're, we're not seeing any more, that, any more of that stuff. And everybody's excited about that. But something to keep in mind or the question you might be asking is why is this such a big deal? Like even if This is a runoff election. What does it matter? I mean, what was it? Four years ago, Alabama had a runoff election, but nobody really cared. Why is this time such a big deal that Georgia is having a runoff election? Well, that's because whoever wins this runoff election decides who controls the Congress. The Congress? What? (laughs) Decides who controls Congress. Right now in the Senate, we have a 50 to 48 split 50% goes to Republicans and 48% or 48 goes to Democrats. And so there are two seats that are being battled over in Georgia. Of course, you guys know the house of representatives right now is in the hands of the Democrats. And so these two seats determine how Congress will play out because if the Democrats win the two seats, it means that they will have the majority with, they will have a tie with the Republicans and the tiebreaker of course will be the will be the vice president, which is of course a Democrat. And so this is what everybody was talking about late last year. The blue wave, the blue wave, the blue wave that's apparently going to cause the stock market to crash, but it didn't actually happen. But you know, that's beside the point. That's a whole other thing. But the point is Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff are your new Georgia senators. And this whole election period has been like watching an NBA game, the last 5 minutes of an NBA game where you keep on looking back and looking back and it's just the longest thing ever for no reason because all the teams just time out. Time out. Time out. It's just like it just keeps going on and on and on and on. So what are some things that we can expect, at least in the business world, because of our new government officials? One, we will likely see more stimulus support from the government as soon as Joe Biden takes office. There will be more support for local and state government, and likely you are going to see that $2,000 stimulus check hit your your bank account as soon as he is in office, because that was something that he already promised to do once he's in office, and now that they have the power to just basically push whatever it is that they want, he's going to get his wish. Two, expect a lot more spending in the renewable energy space a more targeted action against climate change remember uh donald trump removed the united states from the paris accords well donald uh joe biden is going to put the u.s right back into those uh, paris accords so that we can be part of the change in the global economy three expect an increase to corporate and wealthy individual taxes so if this is you first of all hit your boy up sponsor your boy i could always take a little bit more bread you know sponsor your boy let him get some bread let's invest that money and you know let's do some things you know just just you know hit me up rambling mind Show at gmail.com you know we could we talk we could talk hit me up on ig at rambling mind you know i'm just saying i'm just saying we could talk a little bit if you're like a corporation and you want to do a sponsorship or something you know you know, you got my email. And if you're a wealthy individual and you just like, you know what? I just want to bless you. you sh- hey, my cash app is always open to receive. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But the point is, like I said earlier, the markets do not care about who is actually, or rather the markets do not care about who is actually in control. It only cares about certainty. The markets actually rose today on the news of the Georgia elections before all the nonsense with, uh, the Trump supporters that went to raid the Capitol uh, today. But before that, the Dow and the S&P 500 was up about 2% based on the news that uh, Warnock, Raphael Warnock won his seat uh, in Georgia. And so like, I, like, like I'm learning more and more. The news, you can sell the news because at the end of the day, the markets do not really care about most things. It cares about certainty. It cares about knowing exactly what it can expect from different people. And let's talk about some fun stuff before I get up out of here because I already loaded y'all two way too down. Way too down. We got another one, folks. We got another one. We got another plus sign streaming service. Discovery just launched its Discovery Plus streaming service earlier this week. To join the plethora of plus sign streaming services, I mean we got ESPN Plus. We got Disney Plus. We got Apple Plus why everything got to be a plus why can't we have a multiplication sign up in there maybe a division sign every once in a while i don't know why is everything a plus but regardless that's beside the point so this discovery their angle is they offer reality tv something that i didn't know was the amount of different channels that discovery owns also i don't know if y'all have noticed this but like it feels like discovery kind of owns the waiting room after i started listing the amount of channels that they own so discovery kind of owns and dominates waiting rooms whether you're at the hospital whether you're at an auto shop whether wherever you are discovery kind of dominates it check this out discovery owns the food network hdtv which is literally my favorite show to just kind of have in the background tlc animal planet and the own network and that's literally like 95 percent of cable for most people because most people just turn those things on and leave it on in the background like for example, I told you about HGTV which it has one of my favorite shows which is Fixer Upper and that show on its own made the word rustic become like a national phenom where when you go visit houses, people are like, oh, look at this board. It's so rustic. Look at this wall. It's so rustic. It just gives me that rustic vibes. You know, they made that whole thing a thing just on that show. And then for the younger generations, they have shows like 90 Day Fiance on TLC for them to go binge on. So Disney, or rather I said Disney, Discovery Plus... Might be the move. It might be the move. But my question about this whole thing is this is. The whole point of cable wasn't this the whole point of cable so that we wouldn't have to get nickel and diamond by all these different channels by all these different networks because we're going right back to that same situation where you have oh you you want espn well you gotta pay this oh oh you want discovery oh you gotta pay that oh you want cbs oh gotta pay another ten dollars oh you want fox that's twelve dollars please and so the whole cable network is just basically going online and doing the exact same thing so here's my prediction I predict that there's gonna be a major consolidation for companies like Discovery, CBS, and Fox, and all those kind of companies that want to do their own streaming network and be on their own and try to sell us all their five and $10 plans for us to subscribe to them like some, like we need to subscribe to them or something. I just think all of them are gonna come back together and be like, yo, it's better for us to come together because the thing they're not thinking about, or at least I feel like they're not thinking about right now is, You're not, when you come on the internet space, you're not just competing against other networks. You're entering the space of the free, of the free information. In other words, we got sites like Twitch where we can be entertained for free. We got sites like YouTube where we're completely entertained for the free. And then we have paid platforms that give us a plethora of options like, oh, that's right, Netflix. Let's go to another one, Apple. Oh, that's right, Prime Video is also in this. Oh, we want live TV, we can just go with Hulu. So the point is, for all these channels, they gotta figure out a way to bundle up themselves and cozy up with internet service providers because otherwise, they ain't gonna cut it. Because how many people you know have a CBS subscription, Fox subscription, and talking about getting this Disney Plus subscription, or Discovery subscription? Not a whole lot of people. Again, I would put Disney Plus in another category because it has very good movies. The same thing with HBO Max. Those fall in a different category versus all of these other ones that are just live TV and they're trying to do something else. Y'all don't, y'all don't make the cut. Like y'all really don't make the cut at all. Figure out a way to bundle up yourselves and self serve yourself as a package be- because most people already have like an Amazon Prime subscription. Most people probably use a Apple uh device most people already were inundated with netflix and so that's why netflix is still gonna be around twitch and youtube are free so people are just gonna go on those sites anyway so i mean and then hulu attached itself to disney so it's gonna be good too so i'm just saying all the rest of y'all I'm talking to you fox i'm talking to you cbs i'm talking to you discovery i'm talking to you all of y'all figure yourselves out because ain't nobody trying to subscribe to all of y'all on, on separate packages. Moving on from there, and just to touch base on a few extra things before we get up out of here, Tesla did Tesla things once again and delivered close to 500,000 cars last year. First of all, I know a lot of those traditional automakers are like, 500,000? Really celebrating 500,000? Like, come on, dog. like 500,000? But at the same time, it is very much an increase, about a 30% increase from the previous year. And once again, I have to ask the question. Who still doubts Elon at this point? Now, I, I won't lie that the stock is still way overvalued, in my opinion, in my opinion, but apparently, one of the thing I'm learning is sometimes you gotta buy the story, because the story of Tesla is there are people who are willing to keep holding on to Tesla and buying more of Tesla at even more expensive price points, even though the fundamentals do not support it in any shape or form, but they're gonna buy into it just because of the story of Tesla, and so, That's something else. That's an investing theory that I'm trying to figure out, but that's besides the point. Next, as the month progresses, we're entering earnings seasons. As a matter of fact, next week, we got two big ones, the banks. And the banks always start up any seasons. And so get ready for a lot of me updating you all next week with earnings after earnings after earnings, because, you know, investments, this is one of the things you got to pay attention to. Google employees just formed a first of its kind tech union. Not to fight about pay rights or anything like that, but for activism reasons. It is going to be called, or rather, it is called the Alphabet Workers Union. However, on the other side, it's only about 200 employees and Google has over 120,000 employees, so take everything with a grain of salt. Amazon, JP Morgan, and Berkshire Hathaway could not even bring down the American healthcare system. They tried to create a more affordable plan for their for their businesses it didn't work out so my question is is if jeff bezos jimmy diamond is it diamond or demon and warren buffett came together and couldn't figure out how to crack the healthcare system of america who gonna do it who gonna do it Who gonna make it more affordable for the entire public uh and finally we'll close it out with a really interesting one McDonald's just launched itself three new chicken sandwiches and declared that they are back in the chicken wars, baby. Well, let me, let me rephrase. They are back in the sandwich wars, baby. But the thing is, the thing about a chicken sandwich is it's a chicken sandwich. I don't really care how it tastes. It's more about the experience of the chicken sandwich, which is why Chick-fil-A rules the chicken sandwich game, because it's not just about the chicken sandwich. It's about the experience of me eating the chicken sandwich and the service connected to that experience so you can launch your McDonald's chicken sandwich I mean I ain't gonna lie I'm, I'm gonna go try it I'm gonna go try it just you know so that we all on the same page you know I'm gonna go try it see what it's like and let y'all know what I think about the new chicken sandwiches from Mika D's who's entering into the chicken wars which apparently chicken has replaced or chicken sandwiches have completely replaced hamburgers so That's something to note. That's something to note. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all in this episode. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, share this podcast with a friend. Don't just hoard all this information to yourself. Share it around. Share the love. Share the love. Share the love. And let other people know about what you're listening to on your regular basis. But I'm going to catch y'all up on the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.